Welcome to the earliest breakfast game show, the most important podcast of your day. As always, I'm your host, Josh, and I'll make it up to you in the year 2000. Here at the earliest breakfast game show, we like to make sure we are the earliest of all potential breakfast game shows, and that's why we usually record at midnight. We would like to play a few improv games with you and also teach you a little about a special subject. Now, I say usually, because due to time zones, Amy and I are for once not recording at midnight. This is weird. We are, however, recording at midnight for our guest. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, let's meet today's players. First off, our resident fitness guru, it's Amy Sinkoff. <laughs> fitness guru, thank you for that. Compared to me, you definitely are. <laughs> I have done a fitness. <laughs> One of them. <laughs> and without further ado, because I absolutely do not want to delay this person's introduction. They've been waiting in the wings for way too long. He needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. We'll get to him right after I introduce him, <laughs> which I will do now for you, the listeners. Anyone just tuning in now, I'm about to introduce our guest, who is Patrick Herkam. Hi, everybody. My name is Patrick. Yes, it is. I'm glad we got to you. Now normally, now, normally, given you're over in America, I would firstly apologize that you have to deal with America right now, but how can you concentrate on the horribleness of the outside world when you are surrounded by puppies? Yeah, um, well, that's kind of why I got it, um, was the battle of depression. Uh, so all night, I mean, I'm serious, like, all night during COVID and everything else, and being a performer and a comedian and a, someone who traveled, like, can't travel anymore. So for the first time in 10 years, I turned a resume in to someone and it was for this kennel to look after some puppies. And I was like, well, I don't have a whole lot of work experience in the past decade besides dressing up as women and <laughs> jokes. They're like, That's and they're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, but you grew up like uh, in Indiana. And I was like, yeah. And the Californians, like, that's like the Wild West, so I guess it counts it up. <laughs> but yeah, from midnight till um, 7 in the morning, I get to deal with a whole myriad of dogs. And they've ranged from these tiny little like chihuahuas that when you hold them up, they're like a Ziploc bag filled with soup, uh, to these like Great Danes that are larger than I am that are just like trying to still be lap dogs. Aww. It's, it's amazing. You gotta love them. Patrick sends a lot of impressively cute Snapchats of the dogs, oh, and I'm in love okay. with every single one. And yeah, I send the cute ones. I don't send the off-color ones. Um, and if I have time, I could tell you the story of the chocolate Labrador from the other night. Yes, well, hit it with us. <laughs> All right. So you're the one I come in. You're one of the least time. <laughs> yeah. So I arrive um, here. I am the only one here. I don't have any other coworkers, so no worries about COVID-19 or anything like that. So I come in and I hear the dogs usually like waiting for me. And there are so many, you, I have my regulars, all right? There's a dog named Scud that does not have 
bottom teeth. He's an old, old bulldog. And his name is deservedly Scud. Um, <laughs> then there is this beautiful white uh, Labrador named Snow. And she won't eat her food unless I'm sitting with her. Oh, gorgeous. Her um, she's amazing. And so, and then there are dogs I don't know, and I get to know over the night. And so I'll come in. I was like, okay, Snow's here. That's awesome. Oh, there's a Chihuahua named Chloe. Cool. Oh, um, there's a chocolate lab. All right, your name's Bruno. Cool. Uh, and then I go through the dogs. And then I go and look at my paperwork, and it'll say, white lab. No, cool. Um, Ziploc bag soup Chihuahua. Cool. Um, but there was no chocolate Labrador. There was a golden lab. And I was like, huh. All right, well, that's kind of odd. I thought maybe they just got the paperwork wrong. So I go and check again, and Bruno, the chocolate lab, was a golden lab that had diuretic. Oh. Can, I, no. can we curse on this? Yes. Go for your life. Diuretic to shit all over the walls <laughs> and all over the floor. But knew, I don't know if it did it on purpose or knew that he was going to get in trouble, cleaned it up so perfectly well. With his body as a mop. Oh God! Not know it had made a mess. Bless his intent. Covered every, <laughs> covered every portion of itself. That it was like the uncanny valley where I was convinced it was a chocolate lab until I got close. And oh. Of course, he was like wanting to play, and I just had like open his gate, like running downstairs to hose him off. But yeah, <laughs> it is ridiculous. As so gross. <laughs> oh boy. Now, um, as per usual, the winner of the games tonight will get to review their breakfast. After that mm-hmm. conversation, let's talk breakfast. Yay. Um, Great timing. <laughs> and today's breakfast was going to be a nice homemade sausage and egg with muffin. But um, Patrick tells me that all he has is a microwave. So you're running chocolate pretzels. I am. These are not just your regular chocolate pretzels. These are caramel and milk chocolate enrobed pretzels. Soft caramel and smothered in milk chocolate. All right. Well, if you win, you get to review that. And if we win, we'll review these muffins that Amy made. Which are super messy and I'm not actually going to eat them. I need one hand to hold this phone (laughs) and another to eat and I'm not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, Scoring today, I think we're going to give it to Amy because you've got enough on your hands over there, Pat. Okay. But let's kick it off with a joke. Do you have any jokes on you up your sleeve there, Pat? Um, I've got sure. one if you don't. Um, yeah, I got one. Mm-hmm. You want a joke or a limerick? Well, I'll take anything. We know. Let's go with a limerick because we're talking about puppies right. and animals. I'll go with that. Um, yeah, up my sleeve. If you catch a chinchilla in Chile and you shave off his beard willy-nilly, you can honestly say what you've made this day is Chilean chinchillas chinchilli. <laughs> That's an impressive one. But it'll change. <laughs> I think I'd be able to get that out. It would come out wrong every no. time. I've got a joke for you, Pat, if you want it. I would love it. Why was the green pepper no good at archery? I don't know. Why? Because he didn't have an arrow. No. Oh. Those are my types of jokes. And you know that. <laughs> I know. I was hoping we could sit in the silence a little longer on that one. Maybe I'll edit in some more silence there. <laughs> some crickets chirping. An hour, an hour of silence. Just as long as your introduction. Okay, game one. Taking care of quizness. Yes, good. So I thought today's quiz, we would help Patrick get ready for the inevitable day when America folds in upon itself 
and he has to move here. <laughs> and also test Amy's knowledge of her own country. Uh-oh. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing the citizenship test practice questions. Yay! Oh, wonderful. This is so good because I actually do, do want to move there someday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll start off with question one, as most right. people do. <clears throat> what do we remember on Anzac Day? Is it A, the landing of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps at Gallipoli, Turkey? B, the arrival of the first free settlers from Great Britain? Or C, the landing of the first fleet at Sydney Cove. Mm. Do I, I answer first? I need to answer that think, down. <laughs> Amy's not sure, so I feel like you should go first. I know. Time. All right. It's, uh, it's Gallipoli, right? Gallipoli? Correct. Thankfully, hey. you thankfully, you didn't have to spell it, but yes, the correct answer is A. A point to both of us. You didn't give me a chance to actually It's Gallipoli, not Gallipoli, right? It's not Gallipoli. Gallipoli. It's Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Oh, okay. It's not Jalopoli. It's not Gallipoli where it's like you pay $200 and just have to go. Okay. Jalopoli is a good one. $200 then you go to war. Yay. America. What, <laughs> what are the colors of the Australian Aboriginal flag? Are they A, black, red, and yellow? C, green, white, and black? Or C, blue, white, and green? I have tried so I almost see in black and white. That's so true. I'm just going to say black. Yellow and red. Guess I will what? also say that. Guess what? You both get a point. Yay! Yeah. Okay. Nailing it. Even even without being able to see colour, you still knew better than people that got that wrong. <laughs> Which official symbol of Australia identifies Commonwealth property? Oh shit! Now I should warn you. I'm starting to get into the questions that I don't know the answers of. <laughs> so <laughs> do we still have multiple choice, or do I just have to guess? It's multiple choices. It's multiple choices. Oh, okay. So feel free to suggest it. <laughs> so which official symbol of Australia identifies Commonwealth property? Is it A, the national anthem, B, Australia's national flower, or C, the Commonwealth coat of arms? I want to guess C. Flower. Patrick's gone B. Amy's gone C. I genuinely don't know the real answer, but I think it's C. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Dude, not... Are we going to look it up? <laughs> they don't give the answers for these things unless you look it up yourself, but I'm not going to do that. I wrote, part of your job. I wrote this quiz <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Which of these statements about Australia's system of government is correct? A, the Queen of Australia chooses people to form the Australian Parliament. B, the government is elected by the people. Or C, the Prime Minister chooses our members of Parliament. Or D, Rupert Murdoch decides who shall be in the Senate. Yeah. You can take D. D's I not. choose D. Um, I... Choose B as the correct answer, and I choose D as the answer I hope it is. We we know it is, and we don't want it to be D, but uh, B is correct. Nice. I think. Which of these is an example of freedom of speech? You'll be great at this one. (laughs) Super American. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it's a a little on the nose in that sense. A, Uh-oh. people can peacefully protest against government decisions. Uh-oh. B, men and women are treated equally in a court of law. Or C, Australians are free to not follow a religion. Oh, that's actually quite difficult. I'm not actually it, sure. <laughs> that's the thing. I was going through this question. I got to this one. I was like, oh, fuck. I thought it was going to be easy. Yeah. Now, are you saying that as an American, I get to say freely that Australians can't follow a religion? We're free to not follow a religion. If we wish. I don't think that's freedom of According speech. According to you, 
But yeah. if I execute my right of freedom of speech, I can say you can't. Well, then and perhaps we can say, it's not C. Who do you? <laughs> yeah, then you can just tell me to fuck right off. Yeah. So, <laughs> so an, an example of freedom of speech could be A, people can peacefully protest against government decisions. I think it's that one. That's what I would say. That's, yeah. that's what I would say. We'll say that's correct because it should be correct. All right, one point for each of us. Josh, you don't have any points so far. We're getting too many answers right. Yeah, sorry. Which of these statements about government in Australia is correct? The government does not allow some religions for A. B is the government in Australia is secular. And C, hmm. religious laws are passed by parliament. I'm pretty sure it's B, but it's also not. <laughs> yes, I agree. It's I think it's B because like you guys are so far down there and you know the earth is circular and right. I think that it, the laws just kind of come back around to you guys and they yeah. almost have circular laws. Yeah, I think I wasn't that's sure. I was sitting, rounded. That's right. Yeah. I was sitting on B and C an but you turned me on to B. I, I'm going with B. Yeah, an extra point. Which of these is an example of equality in Australia? A, everyone follows the same religion. <laughs> B, men and women have the same rights. C, everyone belongs to the same political party. <laughs> Going to go with a strong B on that one. Although, again, these I don't know if I really agree with right. this citizen test but so far. these are legitimate questions of this test. Now, because we're talking about, so men and women have equal rights, so I'm going to say that it's B-ish. Which kind of comes off like I'm saying bitch. <laughs> it, is, it is BS, you're right. Um, <laughs> Which of these is a responsibility of Australian citizens aged 18 years or over? To drink alcohol. I Ideally mean, fosters. True. Yeah. To, oh, God. <laughs> Get it. To have a current Australian passport, to attend local council meetings, Ew. or to vote in elections? To vote. That's us. That's us. Which of these is a responsibility? Love a good democracy sausage. Sorry? Love a good right. democracy sausage. That is a responsibility. Oh, although... Is this yeah. actually a citizen's test or is this one you made up? No, this, this is, is really the practice it. questions for the real citizenship test. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that's, why I'm, I'm why, that's why I'm not 100% sure on the answers. <laughs> Which of these is a responsibility of Australian citizens aged 18 years or over? This is a different question, I promise. Oh. A, to serve on a jury if called to do so. B, to do local community service, <laughs> or C, to carry a passport at all times. That's dumb, so it must be A. Yes. <laughs> You're right. In a multiple choice question, the answer is yes. Uh, a. It will never happen because it's so sunny down there that you guys are never jury, so you don't ever really have to do jury duty because it's so what? sunny and shiny. It doesn't come through on the okay. podcast, but I'm smiling wide. <laughs> Which of these statements about voting in Australian elections is correct? Oh, no. None a, of them. I guarantee none of them. No, you'll love this. This is why I picked this question. <laughs> no. It's just brilliant. A, voting is by a show of hands. Oh, good. That was a real one of them. Um, B, people are free and safe to vote for any candidate. And C, people must write their name on their vote. I honestly believe it's A. <laughs> I mean, I really actually, um, no joke, I think it's A. It's I like a. the idea of Australia just being like, all right, who wants this person as Prime Minister? Raise yeah. your hand. Righto, who no, wants... No, but that is a law somewhere in a major country. Yeah, where I, I know. 
Yeah, it's like by eyesight. It's like, okay, well, they get it. The, the, the eyes <laughs> in. Looks like no. There's just one guy that's very loud. I oh, well, that's gets quite it. loud. That one. <laughs> All right. How are the scores at this point, Amy? Um, Pat's on eight. You're on zero still. Yep, that's me. Uh, and I'm on I seven. I like you said you gave me a point at some point. You just didn't do it. Yeah, right. You can have one. Yeah, that's how you get right, points you got in this one point. game. And one for Rick. Rick the dog. He was very quiet and was very polite during that round. All right. Yeah. Now, this is important, Patrick. This is, this is a game that Amy made up to some degree, and she's very proud of it. Probably so we're going to see how she goes. <laughs> yeah, I have to actually do it. You have to do it yourself <gasps> now. And I kind of know how it works now, so that's going to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, this time you might actually remember to stop talking for five minutes. Me? No. Oh, I'm hosting. Ooh. Dragon's Tank. It's a bit Dragon's like a bit like Shark's Tank, a bit like Dragon's Den. I tried to call it Shark's Den. I got told off. It's called Dragon's <laughs> Tank. <laughs> Here we will have Amy and Patrick, the entrepreneurs, trying to get investment for their product. Mm -hmm. To get the name and format of that product, I'll need a superlative from Amy mm -hmm. and from Patrick, an object you might find on Wish. Okay. Mm, got it. All right. So your names for this experience, your wonderful entrepreneurial names. <laughs> Amy, you will be Wonder Wibble Wobble. Thank you. And Patrick, you will be Barry Bubble Bobble. <laughs> Barry Bubble Bobble. Okay. So, Wonder and Barry, welcome to Dragon's Tank. What have you got for us today? Uh, we've got the world's furriest wallet. World's furriest wallet we've got. All right. Tell me more. Well, Dragons, thank you so much for having us today. Um, Barry here and I, Wanda, we'd like to present to you the world's furriest wallet. Um, we're looking for an investment of $60,000 uh, for a 20% stake US. in our business. US dollars. Of course. Yes, plus tip for a 20% stake of our business. For 20%? Yeah. Okay. The big selling point that makes our product different than a normal say, wallet that you would find in a grocery store, uh, department store, online, anywhere, is they mostly come in like canvas or leather or sometimes, um, you know, skin of maybe a reptile. We yep. want to go billion, the full nine yards with the fur still attached. And what we, we feel like this is going to make a big difference in the market because people often feel nervous or anxious, especially when spending large amounts of money. And now they will be able to, as scientifically proven, be able to pet their wallet, which will enable their brain to have more serotonin, like petting a small hamster. So we think like it's actually going to exactly. I see. So it is actually going to change a lot of lives. It's going to make people spend more money and feel more comfortable doing it, which okay. is great. Oh, for them. Hygienically, it is useful. Um, dating all the way back to the medieval ages, people would wear raccoon tails or squirrel tails or rabbit furs on their side like belts because the fleas would jump off of the human scalp onto the belts and raccoon tails. This is a true fact. You can look it up. So. This will keep you hygienically uh, more superior to your other colleagues by being fleeless. So not only being fleeceful. Not only is this wallet going to keep me fleeless, it's also going to let me be calmer when purchasing large objects. Yes, it's honestly a dual-purpose wallet. Please, dragons, we would love your investment for our world's furriest wallet. Also, the fur is a good ten centimeters long, so really, it really. Uh, 
Pack the punch. I see, I see. Well, look, who, who do you feel the market is for this product, Barry? I think the market is going to be for people of ill repute. People yeah. that have to, like, um, you know, do their business um, in the dark alleys and the uh, black markets because, you see, they would, you know, collect their items and feel that they were so filthy and dirty because of the fleas mm-hmm. that the only way that they can make a living was by fleecing stolen property. And I so see. that's our motto. No more fleas, no more fleas. Right. So you're literally marketing it to villains at this point. Yes. Yeah, villains can be quite anxious people. And so now they can also, you know, they get to stroke these nice wallets and they will feel less anxious about all the fleecing that they're doing. And they do have a lot of money. And look, we've all seen in the films, they do stroke the animals while they're doing villainous things. So it's I true. totally understand. Now, you're asking for $60,000 yes. plus, plus gratuity. Yes. Um, what would you be able to use the money for with the investment into your business? Well, partly I think there's a, a marketing push that we need. We need to be able to get out to these uh, villains. And we honestly think the dragons, as people who have a lot of money, you might actually have more connections than us as well. So oh, We're absolutely tied into Hollywood. Like, yes, we yeah. know all the villains. Yeah. Exactly what my colleague said. $1,000 would go to that, and then another $1,000 would go to the product itself. Mm. So we make a huge um, savings on by going to animal shelters and uh, uh, pounds. The, the remaining $50,000 would be placed into the wallet to show people, hey, if you have a wallet like this, you're a big spender. Mm-hmm. Right. So it it's all about like the promotion, really, isn't it? And really reaching our audience. It does seem yes. like you're already villains yourselves. So that's, that's good that you're <laughs> blending in with your target audience. That's, that's nice. Thank you. Who do you feel like your main competitors are in this market, Wanda? I mean, just, just your top three main competitors in this market for villain wallets. Look, I feel like the number one is obviously the snake wallets because they're just, they have a very cool kind of villain vibe. But as we said before, the fleas just do not jump onto scales. So we definitely have a bit of a, a bump over them. I can see the science the in that. We're trying to, and we're trying to tip the scales of the market in our direction because they've just been constricting on our business model for so long that we just think that we have a superior product just plain and simple and you can't stroke a scale can you it's just not the same you're trying to avoid the snake oil merchants i understand yeah exactly Mm -hmm. all right well look you're you're valuing your business at three hundred thousand dollars yes and you plan to put fifty thousand dollars in each wallet when you sell them only before we sell them, we take it out, obviously, before we give them the wallet. Okay. Yeah. This yeah that'd, be, that'd be silly. That'd be crazy. <laughs> it starts to make a lot more sense. It'd be silly just to keep that money and then to just, like, leave. <laughs> that'd be crazy. <laughs> You're right. We wouldn't want to be silly. Yeah. No. Look, I mean, I still don't quite see the value in this. Is there anything you could say to tip me over the line, do you think? Would you like one of the wallets? Yes, I'm in. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> It works. The first villain. I mean, we've got lots of interest from a lot of the biggest crime syndicates. Oh, good. So no sales yet, but lots of interest. Yeah. Well, I was not scoring that game. Oh, Amy whoops, I was. So Ten how points to me. You went. All the <laughs> I, think, to Amy. I think we did great. I'm going to give us five to six each. I just fucked up really bad. I just... Amy forgot numbers and just started um, tallying. You can have a couple, Josh. Stuff. She's given me five as a payment. I don't actually know how much I'm giving. Thankfully, thankfully, there's no devil's advocate on that of like why it would be a bad wallet like the amount of static electricity that your bum <laughs> could make. Um, yeah, like attracting my, predators. 
In my head, I'm imagining your wallet is just like a standard Velcro kid's wallet with a big hunk of fur hanging off of it. <laughs> yeah, stitched on haphazardly. It's just been kicked through a barbershop floor. Yeah, like <laughs> it's just there. It just happens to be there hanging off the side. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah it's worth $60,000. The third game of the night, the final game, some would say. Most of us. Most every, everybody should say it. Amy, are you gonna eat your muffins at all? Um, I've taken a bite and it made me too messy, so I'm going to have to eat it the rest made of it. You too messy. Oh, I'm trying to score as well. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, Amy's gonna have to very quickly eat her cold muffin at the end of the episode. It's pretty much how I always have our breakfast. <laughs> so, game three is the one word at a time story. Uh-oh. Now. Usually we do the alphabet story, but Amy sucks at the alphabet. She does. And I pressure her too often to get better at the alphabet, and she doesn't. So we won't do that. I did it one time all right, and I don't want to really ruin that. Yeah, we'll, um, stick, we'll just never do it again. Go on on top. Yeah. So <laughs> obviously we'll go with the once upon a time beginning. But what we like to do is try and include some things from earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. So I think, first of all, an inclusion that needs to be retouched on is diarrhea. Oh, good. Uh, is there anything... Patrick, that you think definitely needs to be re-included. We preferably like a person or a place at this point. Oh, well, we mentioned uh, Rupert Murdoch. Rupert Murdoch is in. in. I was going to say crime syndicate boss, so we're on the same page. Yep, we're ticket (laughs) boxes. Um, uh, A location, Amy. A location. Have we talked about any locations? Well, Australia, I guess. Is it a citizenship test? Australia. Well, we we could go with Galopoli. Galopoli, um, yeah, all right, Galopoli it is. <laughs> and an action. Oh. Uh, fleecing? Fleecing. Fleecing. All right. You did say fleecing multiple times. Trying to get that joke in there and it's back. <laughs> all right, so in our one word at a time story, we need to hit on the diarrhea, Rupert Murdoch, mm. Galopoli, and fleecing. So we'll start with Amy, me, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Amy, me, Patrick. Yeah. Alright. When are you ready, Amy? Once. Upon a time. There was a man writing a story in Galopoli. The story was written so that all life forms could be appreciative. <laughs> Such a heartwarming story so far. Let's see how we fuck it up. <laughs> the person writing the story was Rupert Murdoch. Done. Done. <laughs> done. <laughs> done. 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 I see what we did there. We just didn't know we were doing it. <laughs> I did. I got it. Okay. I didn't. Slow, but I got it. You're up, Patrick. Oh. So the person writing this lovely story where all life forms were included was Rupert Murdoch, dun, dun, dun. Now, this was odd for Rupert Murdoch because usually he was c***ish. <laughs> that was probably the first C-bomb we've actually had on the podcast. <laughs> I might have to beep it. I might have to beep it. Years ago, during the war on... Galopoli. Rupert. Found. $50,000. Worth. Of. Deep. To. Bell. When. He. Went. To. The. 
market. He was turned away after showing his diarrhea. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> Here it is. Oh, we don't want that. Thank you. <laughs> well, he was wearing it like the dog. The of course, of course. Yeah, I, I can do this. Yeah. Writing the proposal for the sale of sheep. He decided to lowball. <laughs> like Rupert <laughs> This was looked. This was looked. Yes. Down oh. upon. Upon. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's all I could think of to go with that. Sorry. Anyway, my turn. Yeah. He is repenting and pleasing his sheep. Yelled. <laughs> Many men were doing. I've lost control of the sentence. I don't know. What's many happening. men were doing that, but nobody wanted Rupert. She. <laughs> the end. I think we'll call it there. I feel like we touched on all the bases. Oh, I was trying to say that he was writing in his diarrhea. Uh, I, I feel like that was implied. I feel like good. that was implied. I didn't get it. Sorry. Dear diarrhea. <laughs> shit. The Rupert yeah. Murdoch story. Well, when he does do a book biography, I feel like that is the way to start it. Now, in conclusion, Amy, the final scores are. Drum roll, please. Well, Rick had a total of five points for being quiet and lovely the whole time but also was the least high scoring because he didn't get any of the citizenship questions, right? Josh, I'm sorry to say you were next with a total of eight points, which is quite good. I'm sorry to say you were next. What a weird sentence. <laughs> it didn't really work out. Then it was me with 13 and Patrick, you've won with 14 because I accidentally put an extra point into your five tally scores. So oh. You win. <laughs> well, shucks. I have a feeling all the guests win. <laughs> That's absolutely not true. <laughs> With a scoring system controlled by the guests, sometimes the guests still lose. Yeah, often they forget to score for themselves, which is good for me. So now I win. So you get to review your, your meal. Did you get to eat any of your breakfast? Yeah, that's whenever I turn my head to the side off camera. That we oh, it's sneaky. <laughs> yeah. But let me describe them in a little more detail, all right? Please. Now, these enrobed pretzels are handcrafted small batches using only the finest ingredients. Freshly baked pretzels are dipped in soft, creamy caramel that is cooked in copper kettles. <laughs> Hang on, let me say that again. Creamy caramel that is cooked in copper kettles. Okay. That's hard to say and chocolate And drizzled with rich dark chocolate for a delectable contrast of textures and sweet and salty flavors. Now, I do not like pretzels. Mm-hmm. Seems like an interesting Good choice for you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was in a hurry to get here, and it was either grab these or grab a box of chocolate that you would get for a loved one or perhaps a significant other. And I did not <laughs> want to be a sad man alone with a dog in the middle of the night eating lover's chocolate. You're not alone, you know you're with us. We are your lovers. Yeah. Um, and I figured, hey, this has pretzels in it. It's more of a meal. 
Um, <laughs> but no, it, it gave it the texture it needed. It gave it that crunch. And I am a huge fan of caramel. And how do you guys pronounce it there? Caramel. Caramel. Okay. We, we could we pronounce it how it's spelled, but. That's cool. You can do whatever you want, honestly. <laughs> I See, here's the thing. I actually think growing up, I used to pronounce it caramel. And there were so many people around me that pronounced it caramel that they said I was doing it wrong. Well, like see, I this is what you've always of, belonged here. <laughs> Obviously, you've always well, belonged I always here. Got, I always got made fun of for my uh, spelling of words um, and my speaking of them um, because I read a lot of English um, literature as a kid. Oh. Yeah. So in my school work, I'd, I'd spell armor with a U and humor with a U and yeah, yeah. color with a U. And I would get marked off for it. And then when I corrected my teachers, I'd get in trouble. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's like they would correct you for like not using centimeters. So dumb. It's a much more yeah, simple. I mean, what are they good for anyway? Besides, like you know, crawling through the dirt and mulch and wood. Like, I mean, <laughs> gross. You're thinking of centipedes. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Amy's <laughs> not happy with it. Amy's not. I don't like it. it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I feel like the review was a success. I feel like you've covered all bases yep. on that. Agreed. Did you have anything you wanted to promote, Patrick? Keeping in mind this episode will probably come out in a few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you've got, you got a book, don't you? I have a book. I was going to talk about it as well. I, I'm performing at the Texas Renaissance Festival uh, doing several things, uh, but that will be over and done with by the time that I'm here. But I am on a show called Dangerous Curves, which is a public humiliation uh, torture comedy show. Amazing. Um, and that will be performing at several festivals. And hopefully, once we're allowed to travel, it will be coming to Perth and Adelaide. Yeah. Awesome. Um, but I, I do have a book that I wrote, um, which kind of touches on me getting made fun of for my writing as a kid. Um, it's called I Draw Like I'm Five and I Write Much Worser. <laughs> and it's a collection of my comics and cartoons and poetry that I've amassed over 10 years of traveling and spending, honestly, like a 10-hour train ride in Australia accounts for maybe a third of the book. <laughs> We're pretty good for that. Um, so you can look that up. You can get that on thebookpatch.com. If you look for my name, Patrick Hercamp, H-E-R-C-A-M-P. We'll put a link up when we post it. Yay. The best camp. Um, <laughs> but yes, your name will be in the bio for this episode if people struggle to spell it. But you did just spell it out for them, making it easy. Uh, is there anything else you want to spruik while you're at it? If you are in the United States and hearing this, go vote on November 3rd. Yes. Well, we'll yes. try and have it out before then. That. But yes, obviously, <laughs> do vote. <laughs> Amy. Yes. Do you have anything to spruik about us or yourself? Um, well, I have been spruiking The Apprentice, which is the burlesque competition that I'm in, but they've actually postponed it because of the COVID things. And they can't get the, the space together, so but, don't buy tickets to that anymore. No, because it was a postponed or was it cancelled? Postponed, but, for, uh, you know, uh, indefinitely for now. So I'll re... Oh, hmm? Go ahead. I'll, I'll re-spruik it again once it's back on. All right. Yeah. All right. But for now, not. But do follow us on Instagram and... On Facebook, it's Damn It Liam, Damn Nit, V-A-M-N-I-T, Liam. The correct spelling. The correct spelling. Um, or on Twitter, where we do nothing. Really. What? Uh, 
nothing. You like my posts sometimes, which is lovely of you. I like your posts. <laughs> I like some posts. You know, just follow us on Insta, uh, Twitter so that you can see Josh like my posts. Follow me. I'll like your posts. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? I, well, I, I kind of like just me. All right, fine. Whatever. Um, I won't like any of your posts. Sorry, you go, Patrick. I did think I did think of one more thing while I was doing that. Um, a fellow Aussie and I believe friend of yours as well, Shane Adamzak, mm-hmm. has ventured out into the world of toy making. Yes, I've seen that. Pretty, it's a pretty amazing project. Um, I'm not. His name is Shane Adamzak. I'm not going to attempt to spell his name. Um, <laughs> And I can't remember what the toy line is called. I think it's called Cube Boy. I think it is, yeah. We'll post a link to that as well. I'll try to look it up now. It's a very cool project. And he's a traveling performer just like I am. And none of us have been able to work since February. Yeah. And I've gone into the world of book publishing. And he's gone into (laughs) the world of toy making. And I think it's a really cool project. Excited for him, so I think you guys should be too. That's an excellent call, and I actually will share that maybe even sooner than the this episode goes out. Yeah, I can't find it. Sorry, I will send it for the launch. But anyway, right. great anyway. call, adding that one in. Very kind of you. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's it from us. So, bye, Patrick. We love you. And for uh, the li- love you guys too. And Yay. for the listeners, that's all from us. Thanks for being part of our show, and remember. The earliest breakfast game show is the most important podcast of your day.